Welcome to French Kissing Life. I'm your host, Shauna Stiver, and I am thrilled to help you discover what makes your heart race, your soul dance, and your spirit soar. Every week, you'll get a fun dose of inspiration, laughter, and a sprinkle of magic as we explore stories, insights, and conversations that empower you to ignite the spark within. In a world that demands you be anything but yourself, this is your permission slip to be a little more you. Together, let's shed the shoulds, embrace our unique brilliance, and welcome more joy. Are you ready to French kiss life? Welcome back to another episode of French Kissing Life. I am your fun-loving host, Shauna Stiver, and today I have a feel-good episode for all of you with my Canadian BFF and soul sister, Serena Seeger. Serena is the general manager at Best of Kin Social Brewery in Calgary, AB. As a passionate craft beer enthusiast, she advocates for women and non-binary folks in the fermented beverage industry through her work with the Pink Boot Society Canada. When she's not exploring local breweries and trying new brews with her boyfriend, Dan, she's spending time with her dogs, whom she loves more than craft beer, and helping rescue animals get adopted through the Alberta Animal Rescue Crew Society. Serena and I met during the infamous Derek Huff costume Zoom party, and the rest was history. In this episode, I ask her what her first impression of me was. We tell the story of how our friendship came to be. And then she shares her inspiring take on what it means to do something you love. We also play a game where I try to stump her on uniquely American words. And then she shares the most spontaneous thing she's ever done, aside from coming to visit me in Iowa on just two days notice. Today's show is proof that good things can come after too much wine. My Canadian friends might even say this episode is like going out for a rip and taking her easy, eh? They totally hate me for that, but I love you. (laughs) Please join us, grab a bevy, and enjoy my episode with my girlfriend, Serena. So I am joined today by one of my, if not my favorite person on the planet, my Canadian BFF, Serena. Hi, Serena. Thanks for being here. Hi, Shauna. Thanks for asking me to be here. Of course, of course. No, I wanted to come on and chat about how we became friends because I think that it's such a fun story and you are proof of my very ridiculous Derek Huff costume. Um, And yeah, I wanted to pick your brain about how you sort of like pivoted in your career and then we're going to play a fun game and yeah, just going to be two BFFs catching up today. Sounds perfect. So let's start and tell everybody exactly how we met, which is <laughs> involved a lot of wine and me in a ridiculous costume. So what was your first impression when you saw me and did you think it was really Derek Huff in the room? Um, so I just saw Derek Huff on the bottom and I was like, oh, that's strange. And then I looked up at the (laughs) photo and I was like, oh, that's no. uh." (laughs) But like, I mean, I think in the small photo, you definitely looked like him. But at the same time, I was like, something's off. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. something's a little off. And really like as the night went on, I probably looked more and more like him as we drank more wine and everybody just forgot that it was an impersonator. Wine glasses. We all got our wine glasses. Wine glasses. 
Yes, we did. <laughs> so we were part of Caitlin Bristow's wine club, uh, the big wine guys. And it was the Halloween party, whatever year that was, in which I was Derek Huff. Was it 21 or 2020? It was 2020. Yeah, because it was the it was the pandemic. Yes, that's right. That's right. So 2020, I mean, they still have the parties are still Zoom parties, but of course, back then, of course, you're doing all things Zoom. But so we do the party and I show up in this um, very ridiculous Derek <laughs> costume and I had changed my screen name. So people coming in like really thought that he was there because she was on Dancing with the Stars at the time. Yeah. So anyways, Serena and I connected because we go into these breakout rooms afterwards and we just happened to land in the same breakout room together. Oh my God. Do you remember those two Canadian girls who were wasted in the breakout room? <laughs> Not could really, be- but tell me more. Oh, they, they were like two Canadian girls. I don't know. They're from like Manitoba or Saskatchewan or maybe they were in Calgary. I don't remember. But anyways, mm-hmm. they were on the screen and neither of them were even making like words. <laughs> They were, I don't remember. Oh, one of them was dressed up as like, um, I think Cruella DeVille or something. She had like that long cigarette. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And she was so drunk. And I was like, you, I think you and I are really trying to talk. And like, yes, <laughs> they just kept being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like dominating yes. the whole conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, these parties are so fun, but they do get really crazy towards the end where you're just like, okay, I have drank almost an entire bottle of wine and I'm not going to feel like going to my driver's license appointment the next day. Yeah. And honestly, I think during the pandemic, it was such like an outlet for people to connect with other people. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people were doing that. They were partying over zoom because we just, we we couldn't party with anyone else. (laughs) Right. Right. It was like our connection for the entire month is to have this party on Zoom. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so crazy and so fun. And then we connected. Didn't we connect on Instagram? Yeah, I think we fought. I like, well, because I saw you in the full out room, like the big room, obviously. Yeah. And then you came big because you won the costume contest. (laughs) And then I'm like, I hope she's in my breakout room. Like, I really hope. Like, I need to speak to this person. And then funny enough, it's like KB's ears are burning, put you in our brain. Like somehow that happened. Uh, And then I think I followed you or you followed me on social media. And then we just started DMing each other. And then we became Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we figured out like all these things we have in common. And it was so crazy because we did obviously would never have crossed paths (laughs) had it not been for... The wine club and the Derek Huff costume. I don't think um, I would have been, you know, just taking a random trip to Iowa (laughs) without knowing anyone. (laughs) So, so this is the best thing. So Serena and I continue getting to know each other and we are just two peas in a pod. And what did we talk for over a year? Yeah. It would have been right. It was the following um, New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've been, you know, trying to figure out how we were going to see each other in person and hang out and have a blast. And um, it was like right Mm. before 2022. So it was New Year's 2021 leading into 2022. Mm -hmm. 
And you're like, hey, what are you going to do for New Year's? And I was like, well, I don't know. Um, just probably like hang out or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I think it would be really cool if like I just came to visit. And I was like, yeah, that would be really fun. And I'm just like thinking it's a total hypothetical situation. No, yeah. And then I just said, no, but actually I'm looking at flights. <laughs> And you yes. were like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, no, yeah, like the flight, I can get it with my my uh, air miles or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this flight's happening. And you're like, oh, like, and I was like, no, I'm about to book if you're available. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was. But it was so funny because I was like, oh, yeah, that would be so fun. And I'm really I was like, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Yes. It was like a Tuesday that you booked your plane ticket. And on Thursday you were here in Des Moines. Yeah. 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 And everybody thought we were crazy because oh, everyone like, was, yeah. never met this person. <laughs> and I'm going to not only like travel, but I'm going to another country to visit her. And <laughs> maybe still I'll the come pandemic. back. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Still yes. the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little better because we yeah. were sort of getting back to some things, but yeah, you still had to like, you know, do all the tests and everything to to come here. So yeah, yeah you spontaneously, like the <laughs> definition of the word spontaneous, come to visit me, and we just had the best time. Like we had known each other for ages. Yeah, it was really easy. I remember like I remember being on the plane and being like what's it going to be like when we see each other? Because like, Mm -hmm. we never saw each other. And my grandpa was like, so you've never met this person in person and you're just going to go and stay with them. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I told out my whole family. I'm like, I talk, like we FaceTime all the time. Um, You know, I I know her dog. I've met her parents. Like, (laughs) yeah. And they're like, what? Okay. And then I remember we saw each other and we both just, we were both wearing our big wine guy sweaters. Mm-hmm. And then we both ran to each other and hugged each other. Like we had like known each other for ages, like never skipped a beat. Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, of course you're like telling your family, like if something happens to me, this is her address and <laughs> this is what she looks like. And I don't really get the like murderous vibes from her, but you know, you never know. Truly you never know, but I, 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 never felt, I felt okay with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So we, that weekend, it was so funny because we just like went to all these breweries and we had a snowstorm, which was laughable for you because it was like, I don't know, four inches of snow or something here. And and you're like, yeah, we're used to like four feet whenever it snows. I remember everyone on the highway was just driving so slow. And I remember like, you can be a nervous driver you know, especially in the snow. And mm-hmm. I remember you just like white knuckling it down the highway. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. everyone was driving the speed you were driving. And I'm just sitting there like it was kind of it wasn't even just a snowstorm. I think it was raining as well because it was quite warm mm-hmm. and it was really mm-hmm. icy. So I totally get it. But it was so yeah. funny. It was just so funny. I mean, we got to our destination safe. I'm still alive. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we were like, we're going to this brewery. And we went to that brewery that was like outside of town during mm-hmm. the snowstorm. Yes. Yes. And I don't have like a, a, you know, a vehicle that travels super well in the snow, but yeah, it's, uh, we don't, I mean, I think in the, in the Midwest, we handle snow pretty well compared to other places in the United States, but 
definitely not on the same level as Canada. Oh yeah, like I mean, Nash Nashville a few weeks ago just got a bunch of snow. Everyone was Mm -hmm. talking about how like the city just shut down. Yeah, that's kind of like Vancouver here. So Vancouver and Victoria and BC, when they get a lot of snow, the city literally shuts down. Like they don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. It's like everything's canceled. (laughs) It's like this much snow. That's that's how it is in certain areas here yeah. because they're just like not equipped for, you know, like getting the stuff off the roads or, yeah. you know, they've just never see like weather like that, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so then we went to um the bar that used to be in my old apartment building. Craft brew. Craft brew. And that was a fun night because um my 60 something neighbor <laughs> decided that was the night he was professing his love for me. And I'm like, Larry, I see two big problems with this right off the bat. One, no. (laughs) And two, you are very married, sir. I don't know if you've forgotten about this little detail, but... (laughs) I just remember like we were dying laughing because he also was just like, "I, I, 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 I like love you. And we were both like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what's happening? Where... What is happening? <laughs> yes. Gosh, it was so awkward. And we were just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, our Uber isn't here yet. We're going to another place, but he drove us sort of stuck. No, 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 the we... owner. The owner drove us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so owner. Dope. Yeah, the owner drove us. Uh, we finally got Larry to skedaddle and get back home. So <laughs> it was like, oh, God. this is so beyond awkward. I also like that you say our night at the craft room. I think we went there every night I was visiting. Yes, we did. <laughs> it was such a good place. I wish it that was. place was still here. I'm really sad. When you told me it was closing, it was really sad. Like I still have the little um, bottle opener that they gave me. It says craft yeah. brew on it. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. And they were they were trying to I remember know. the owners trying to get me to move there to run the 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 tap room. He's like, mm-hmm. come on, like we'll get you we'll get you a visa. We'll get, we'll get. I'm yeah. like, yeah, perfect. Now now not only am I visiting Iowa, guys, I'm actually moving to Iowa. <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> I have enjoyed it so much, and now I'm moving here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. And the only downfall to that weekend is that that was also the weekend that Betty White died. And we were so sad. We were in the car going to find me a toque. Remember? Yes. Was, yes. Uh, stocking we, cap. Were we going to Dick's? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember we called your mom. And your mom mm-hmm. was like, we're like, Debbie, um, you know, we found a Betty White died. And she's like, you're kidding. I know. <laughs> Nobody so could upset. believe it. Yeah. I think everybody was convinced that Betty White was going to live forever. Honestly, it's kind of like the queen. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when, kind of the same thing. When the queen died, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just yeah. feel like they were like timeless people. Like, I can't remember a time when Betty White's hair wasn't white. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. She was the best. So funny. Just like the best comedic timing and just, yeah. A and legend. her love for animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Which is another thing you and I bond over is our dogs. We both have goldens. Serena mm-hmm. has two other dogs as well. Um, yeah. and is like a big proponent of rescue organizations in Canada. And how did you get involved with them? Pandemic. Was it? Well, I always wanted to foster dogs. 
mm-hmm. my gold, my golden Teddy, he is um, like dog selective. So I didn't really understand how fosters worked. I thought you sign up and they just immediately tell you you're taking this dog. And I didn't really feel okay with that. I was really weary about it. So I was like, I only want puppies because puppies are harmless and they're just a little bit easier. Like Teddy's really good with puppies. But um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sign up. So I signed up literally the Friday before everything shut down. So like a week before, excuse me, because I was teaching at the time. So the Friday before I, I had my phone interview and I got added to the list. And then I got a dog, Finn was my first foster, um, and I got him, his birthday's February 13th, and we got him, like, I think first week of April, or, no, actually, yeah, it was right on Teddy's birthday, I think it was, like, April 10th, so Teddy's birthday is April 11th, um, and I was like, surprise, <laughs> and um, that weekend, because it was the pandemic, there was... Um, Finn's brother was supposed to go to a home, but the home couldn't get that, like, couldn't set up the time because it was an earlier pickup. We were supposed to pick him up on Sunday, but we ended up picking him up on Thursday. And so I came home that day with two puppies. And Teddy oh, no. was just like, What the hell is going on? And they were just little menaces. They were so cute. Um, I only had the two for the weekend, but yeah, that's kind of how I got involved. And then throughout the pandemic, I, um, drove back and forth from Calgary to Edmonton, which is about three hours, uh, about five or six times a week transporting animals. So the weirdest one was a goat. Really? I I transported a goat. I transported frogs, like turtles, rabbits, cats, dogs. Um, But I transported this goat and he would look back and its eyes were just going both directions. (laughs) Kind of like, oh God, what, what am I doing? But Um, the most dogs or animals I transported, I think I had this big van and I transported 50 animals. Oh my gosh. And it was like a snowstorm. And I was driving across like three hours across this highway in a white van. So it was like a complete whiteout. Um, I listened to like, oh God, I started crime junkie at the time. So I'm a Mm. huge crime junkie fiend and I, um, started it then. And I literally almost finished the full like years of podcasts because I would just listen to it back and forth. Yeah. 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 So did you ever consider doing like some type of animal rescue work as like a career or was it just more of a passion? I think back now and I'm like, I don't know how I didn't like become a veterinarian. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I mean, becoming a psychologist, becoming a veterinarian. I mean, like very similar amount of schooling. Um, I would love to eventually open some rescue, like a rescue organization, but rescue work is really difficult. And, um, you know, it's hard to find the right rescue homes and to know they're going to the right homes. And there's a lot of sadness, like a lot of joy, but a lot of sadness along with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I would end up with like a hundred dogs. Like I started the pandemic with one and ended the pandemic with three. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's very hard for me to like let go of, um, a puppy or a dog in general. I think it would be for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your career because this is one thing that I think is interesting about you in that, like you started with one thing Mm -hmm. and then sort of found a passion serendipitously. So 
tell everybody like kind of like what you were pursuing when you went to school and what your goals were with that. Yeah. So I um, started out, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, So I started out taking psychology. So I did a major in psychology and English. And then I um, went to, um, well, kind of weird how it worked out, to be honest. Um, I was thinking about going to do my education degree or doing my master's after my undergrad. And um, sadly, in my fourth year of my undergrad, my mom passed away. Um, Mm. So she passed away in November of my fourth year. And it's almost, it almost kind of shifted my everything because you have to have your grad school applications in by December. And Mm -hmm. there was no way I was getting a grad school application done after my mom had passed away. Um, But the teaching applications weren't due until January. And I was like, okay, I can take the whole break in December and do my teaching application. So then I ended up doing a major in elementary ed, minor in special ed. I've always, you know, loved kids and always wanted to be a teacher anyway. So I thought, why not? Um, After that, I did my master's. I moved to Alberta and I did my master's in clinical uh, school and clinical child psychology. So again, having that teaching really helped me understand what teachers are going through in the classroom and how, how to assist them as a psychologist, not as an outsider, but as somebody who understands how a classroom works. Um, And, you know, you're not, it's not individualized in a classroom. It's very much, you're, trying to teach to the whole. And when you have children with emotional, behavioral, physical pro- like needs, you can't give them individualized attention all the time. So anyways, I did the, my master's and then I went and moved to Calgary from Edmonton and did my PhD in school and clinical child psychology. Um, the thing is, is I never took a break. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I finished high school and went right to university. And um Although super passionate about it, I love, I loved the career. I loved working with parents, loved working with kids, but I was so burnt out and I had the worst imposter syndrome. Um, Mm. You know, like even being like, I, I got uh, the highest grant you can get in my master's. I was um, SHRC funded, which is a social sciences, human research grant, um, which is like a really big deal in your master's. And I still had this imposter syndrome. I just was like, I don't like, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be here. And to be honest, like, it's sad to say, but even taking school in the mental health field, it's not always like a PhD program in general, no matter what field it is, is not conducive to like, like growth in your mental health positively. Mm. It's a very difficult. um, And I'm just like, I'm a competitive person, but not in the way that I want to like, beat out someone and put someone else down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just was making me feel terrible about myself. And like, I had such a bad weight on my shoulders all the time. And I didn't know what it was. Like I, I didn't attribute it to schooling because I loved working with kids and I loved the clinical side of it. Um, And so I started going to breweries with my dad. So my dad and I used to do a trip pre-pandemic a trip every year for my birthday. Cause we live in different provinces and um, yeah. So we, he just, he loved craft beer. And at the time I only drank wine and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, Oh, I love breweries. And my passion was to just go to breweries, check out new beer. And then I was like, you know what? I should work at a brewery. So I put a resume in and during my like PhD, I was working at a brewery part-time 
And then um, I guess it was during the pandemic, I was offered a placement PhD, like my internship placement at a really good opportunity, like a really great school. Um, so it was a regular school. Well, the school was specialized to children with ADHD and um, learning disabilities. And they also have a little psych um, like practice there. So it would be working with school and working private practice, which is what I wanted to do anyway. Um, but then I also at the same time got offered a taproom manager position at a brewery that I was working at. And um, I just sat down and I was like, you know what? I want to take this opportunity with the brewery because I don't want to be like 65. Because I knew if I took the psych thing, I would do it and I would do it well, but I would never stop. I would yeah. never stop to smell the roses, like head down. You know, the pandemic made me stop and smell the roses, which I think was life-changing for me. Um, mm -hmm. I think the pandemic was like very difficult for a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, there was difficult aspects, of course. But for me, it made me really consider like, do I really love this? And is this really what I want to, I want to do with my life? And I chose it wasn't. And so I took the job as a taproom manager and I'm like, you know what? I can always go back to psychology or teaching if I want to, because degrees don't go away, but the ability to work on your feet and, you know, work long days, managing a brewery or opening a brewery, that's never going to come back. Like, I'm not gonna be able to do that, like stop my career at 65 and be like, oh, now I'm going to run a brewery. <laughs> I mean, you could do that, yeah. I suppose, but it would be a yeah. lot more difficult. <laughs> Did you have a hard time with that decision, like choosing to go for the brewery job versus what you sort of set out to do with the psychology route? Yeah, I think I get a lot of call. Like I even then got a lot of comments of like, you're so educated. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, education doesn't always equate to like a good, like a happy career or like something you like are passionate about. And I've, I've always kind of lived by the motto of, I'd rather live out of my car, a car big enough for my dogs and me, um, of course, and be happy than live in a mansion and wake up every day at a job and go to a job that I don't like. Yeah. Um, I don't, or even like have a house and like have this career that's so well recognized, but you don't enjoy it. Um, I think of course there's bad, like there's difficult days of every job. Still mm -hmm. this job has difficult days, but the difficult days like the good days overshadow the difficult days. And um, I think you really need to follow what you find is your passion and not second guess yourself. And I think I always was thinking I could go back if I wanted to, but mm -hmm. um, I just, I knew I needed to take the opportunity that presented itself. There was a lot of doubt surrounding it. I think even from some of my family members, um, and from like people around me, even my partner at the time, he was like, are you ever going to go back to psychology? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just want to be present in the moment that I'm in. Yeah. It's funny how like the, the route that involved like the education and the, you know, pursuit of the degree and all these certifications, it's funny how to a lot of people that carries a, a heavier weight or like more esteem than something else in a completely different industry. Like it's almost like 
you choosing to go down the path of working for a brewery was somehow not taking your life as seriously as Mm -hmm. choosing to stay the path that you weren't even really sure that you wanted to stay on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I, it was very unknown. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was very, it was a difficult decision, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes you need to take those leaps of faith. And I, am a firm believer in like everything happens for a reason. Um, and I, I know that that opportunity was presented to me for a reason. Yeah. And you had a good conversation. Was it with your grandpa about mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though. Cause he, I think back to, so this is a ridiculously hilarious story, like in a weird way, but we love those here. Yeah. My, my grandpa, put out so my grandmother passed when I was 19 and then like I think I was in my master's at the time anyways he wrote because my grandpa's so still old school he wrote this little like um memorial to her in the paper Mm. of like her passing and then in the bottom he put and like so grateful my granddaughter's gonna be a doctor like in the (laughs) same column and I'm like, thanks, Grandpa. I'm like, Grandpa, you put that in Grandma's like memoriam. In the bottom, it's like, and my granddaughter's gonna be a doctor. <laughs> I was like, oh Lord, <laughs> like no pressure. Yeah. Also, just like why? Like you could put it. You could take a separate ad out in the paper and and like congratulate me because I had I think I had just been accepted to my PhD. And I, <laughs> well, I mean, it, he had space to use, so yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> I'll just throw everything but, but the kitchen sink oh in there. God. I was like, this is, and I was like, also you have to like preface doctor. Cause like, I mean, yes, a PhD is a doctorate, but like, I'm not going to be a physician. And he put right. doctor like DR. And I'm just like, Oh gosh. Like, <laughs> like, Oh, anyways, but he's very old school as that mm-hmm. shows you. Like he's still an usher at his church. Um, like where I was raised Catholic Um, he's still an usher at that church. Um, he's very like traditional. And, um, so I was, I was kind of worried to like chat with him about it. Cause my dad is not that my dad is not supportive, but my dad for a long time would question my decisions. A lot of the time, you know, you put so much time into this, you did that. Um, but my grandpa's like, are you happy? And I was like, I'm the happiest I've been. Like there's a weight lifted off my shoulders and he's like, then that's all I, that's all I want for you. And like, yeah. I get goosebumps even like, like, even though that was so long too. ago, like I get goosebumps from that. Um, because my, my grandpa, for him to say that, I know that, you know, he sees life as a gift and mm-hmm. you need to take those opportunities and you need to do things that suit you best. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's such a testament too that you just never know what a decision like that is going to do. And I think that it's also important to, to just recognize that it's okay to change your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to a large state university, uh, my fer- very first semester and my boyfriend at the time was going there and my best friend from high school was going there. And those were the reasons why I decided to go there. Not because it was like what I wanted to do or, or something that I felt was a good fit for me. And I didn't thrive there because I'm definitely more of a one-to-one small group, you know, kind of person. And I remember really feeling so like 
agitated about it. And like, I was stuck there because I had said, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, maybe there were some, you know, small scholarships or something involved too. And I might've been, you know, worried about that. But I remember going back and having a conversation with my high school guidance counselor and she goes, honey, you don't have to stay there. And it was just like this really simple thing, but having somebody normalize in that moment that like, it's okay to change your mind and to go and, you know, change your gears to a new direction. And I think that's where, when you allow yourself to do that, excuse me, you don't know what will, where it will lead. And for you, it opened up this passion that you now get to do every day. And, you know, you're like, getting involved in the industry more and, and, you know, representing like females and breweries and all of that. And had you not gone down that road, like you wouldn't have known any of those things. Yeah, exactly. And I I think it's funny because I had a similar experience. My first year university, I went to a large university and you're just a number, right? You're Mm -hmm. not a person, you're a number. And I'm a question asker, like in school, I'm that kid who's always got my hand up. Um, You know, I'm, I'm always asking questions. I'm still a question asker. Like my boyfriend now, Danny's like, <laughs> like, you don't need to ask that question. I was like, well, if I'm curious, I'm going to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think like, at least in school, and that's what I used to tell my students, if you have that question, someone else has the same question and they're too scared to ask. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think it, it put me on a very interesting path and I've, I've gotten to meet so many really cool people and be involved in some really cool things. And um, my life would be very different if I went the other way, you know, yeah. even like I, I think back yeah. in t- like universities I've chosen, my life would be very different if like I could have went to a school in the East coast by where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. And I came to Alberta, like, you know, one of my professors said, would you rather be a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond? And so I came here and I didn't know a soul when I came here. Um, so yeah, I think you have to put yourself out there. And when you don't put yourself out there, you you miss those opportunities. And I think even if those opportunities become an opportunity to learn, at least you did it and you can say you did it and then you learned something from it, which I think is what yeah. life is all about. And you won't look back and wonder what mm-hmm. would what would have happened had I done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then the other interesting thing too is that when I came to visit you, Um, you were choosing, you had a couple of interviews Mm -hmm. with different breweries that you were going to work for. And, um, you were kind of trying to decide which one, because both of them had given you an offer and you were kind of trying to decide which one you wanted to go with. And (laughs) lo and behold, you choose one and then meet the love of your life there. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how, you know, leaving one place and, kind of being let down about leaving that place. Like I felt a real connection identity, but um, it wasn't the place for me. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like even, even if the breweries I work at now that I met Dan, um, even if I didn't work there and I just would have went there, I don't think we would have ever connected the way we did. you know, we, we work the same hours and um, we have the same days off. So at the beginning we, you know, being employee one, employee two for the first month, um, we were the only ones there with the owners and we were just best friends. Like we just, we, um, 
we really connected and like we really enjoyed each other's company, which isn't always the case in a partnership, I think. Um, and like, I guess I look at it now because we still work together every day. We live together. We spend all like pretty much all our free time together. And I still like him. <laughs> like, I genuinely <laughs> still like him. Like I love him, of yeah. course, but like, I like him too. Um, like I can't imagine like going places or doing things without him. Like I genuinely enjoy sharing those things with him because we have those similarities. And, you know, I think like, I look at, to me, the idyllic relationship is like my aunt and uncle. Um, they're very, they're like best friends, you know, and you Mm -hmm. can just see that, like, you know, they poke fun at each other. They, they're, they're best friends. Um, and that's what I always strived for in my relationships and my past relationships, I think started out that way, but just maybe didn't end that way. And, um, I just like, I know in my experiences, like Dan is my person, um, because I, I can't imagine doing life with anybody else. Yeah. And it's just, again, you know, the full circle, like you, decide to make a change that I'm sure wasn't easy at the time. And, you know, regardless of how much pushback you got from family or, or others who had these, you know, high expectations for what you were going to do, you just followed your heart and went after something that was an interest of yours. It turned into a career that you weren't, that you didn't see coming necessarily. And Mm -hmm. then like led to you meeting, you know, the person that you want to spend your life with. So it's like, had you not said yes to that initial change, who knows what would have happened, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think where I'm at. Um, and like, I've been in Alberta now for 10 years and then I just bought a house in Ontario, which is literally on the other side of the country. Um, like we're driving, I don't know. It's like, it's like mul- I don't know, multiple days. I have no idea. It's a long time. <laughs> But like, it's three, I think it's 3,600 kilometers. I don't know the conversion to miles for all you American folk out there. You can do the, you can do the conversion on your own, but um, yeah, it's, it's a long drive. And like Dan's dad's coming out and he's going to drive with us. And um, you know, we, we bought a house in cottage country and it's so funny because my childhood friends, because I was born in Ontario. So I grew up there in New Brunswick, but my, I've always been like, I'm never going back to Ontario. My childhood friends are like, I thought you're never going back to Ontario. This is really surprising. And I'm like, yeah, but when you find the right person and Dan's family is, they, I can't even say, like, I couldn't even put it to words how amazing they are. Um, and not just his parents, but his brothers. Um, they're just, um, you know, his brother's wife, like they're all just such lovely people, his niece. And I can't imagine not being closer to them. Like, I think we were there in September and I was just like, yep, we got to do it. (laughs) So, you know, there's so many changes. Yes. And the only metric that matters is that you're also (laughs) going to be closer to me. I am. We we did. We did Google map that. (laughs) Yes, we did. We did. You'll be closer. Um, But again, you know, leaning into like, I just think that this is the right move at the right time. And like following your heart. I just, Mm -hmm. when you do that, I just don't think that it can lead you astray. No, I agree. And like I said before, I think, I don't know, you just have to, you have to let sometimes life lead you in certain ways. And, um, 
I am a believer in signs and I am a believer in things happening for a reason and making the best or the most of what you can with a situation. I really think that people's perspective on situations um, really can make or break things. I think if you choose to look at something in a negative light, that it's how you're going to see it. But I, I challenge people to look at things as positive and to try and take that positive light and, you know, what could happen if this happened or what could, you know, what could change in my life or how could it be better um, mm-hmm. if I do something like this? Yeah. And I think it's also too that sometimes it, sometimes a small yes or a small no could end up being a bigger thing down yeah. the road that sometimes you're just faced with like a, a, you know, a small decision that you have no idea what the ramifications or the outcome is going to be. But for whatever reason, your, you know, your heart or your spirit is saying like, you know what, I think I'm going to say yes to this. And I don't really know like why I'm being guided to do that. And then you just never know what, what the world might open up to you as a result. So saying yes to adventure is always a plus in my book. Yeah, you got to shake things up sometimes. Their life is not that That's interesting. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, speaking of interesting, we're going to play a little game. And I'm just telling everybody right now that Serena is going to beat me at this game because <laughs> I had this brilliant idea of playing a little game where because there's different words in the US and Canada, we would try to quiz each other on what these words are. And the goal is to stump each other. So I'm going to say a word that we call it by something in the US and it's totally different in Canada. And then she's going to do the same. And I have four words and she has an entire eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. You told me to come up with things. And remember, I was a student for 13 years. You tasked me, I'm coming up with it. Thank you for taking this so seriously. (laughs) I really tried to come up with more than four, but there's just not as many that I didn't think you would already know. So we're just going to see how this goes. Um, Do you want to start or do you want me to start? And Uh, you have to say the first thing that comes to mind when when we say the word. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start. Okay. All right. Chesterfield. Toilet. Sofa. It's a sofa. Oh, it's a sofa. <laughs> a toilet. It was the first thing that came to mind. It is for just sitting. just going with it. It okay. is for sitting, but not that kind of sitting. Okay. Hopefully not. Smarty. Rockets. Which is? <laughs> what you call Smarties. <laughs> candies, right? Yeah, they're candies in this little wrapper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So to us, Smarties are candy coated chocolates. Uh, they're not even like not, cho- they're chocolate? Yeah. They're like, they're kind of similar to M&Ms, but they're in candy coating. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, rockets are what we call Smarties. Perfect. <laughs> like we so... call it Rockets. <laughs> uh, rockets is on my list. <laughs> we'll cross that one off. <laughs> And it is one to zero, as I predicted. All right. How about uh, hang a Larry? Um, Left? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's like hang a Larry, hang a Roger. Roger and Larry. 
How did yeah. Larry come back into this conversation? Full circle, full circle. <laughs> Larry, God, you're everywhere. <laughs> okay. Um, otter pop. A sucker. Close. It's a popsicle. Oh, and call- nobody here, I don't think anybody here calls them otter pop, but I found it on a Reddit thread and I was just going with it. <laughs> Perfect. Never. No, that's strange. What uh, do you call them? Freezies. No, well, those are freezies are different than popsicles. Oh, freezies are, are freezies? in like they're in like a plastic tube. Okay, with the liquid in it, and we call those freezies. Okay, popsicles are call- like the ones with the stick. On the stick. Okay, okay, got yeah. it, got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pencil crayons. Pencil crayons. They're not markers. Colored pencils. Yeah. Colored yeah. pencils. You call them pencil crayons. We do. That is funny. <laughs> I'm a big crayon guy. Anybody in my family will tell you that I have crayons just everywhere. And I never wanted to use them because I just wanted the the points to stay, you know, where I'm like, no, they have to stay pointed. And do you remember do you remember when they created the uh, sharpener for the for mm-hmm. the crayons? Terrible. Mm-hmm. And you had to rip mm-hmm. down. Terrible. I hated ripping the paper. I was like, I feel like I'm yeah. ruining my crayon. I know. Uh fun fact, so Crayola one time had a naming contest where you could name the next colors. I had two of the winning names and I oh. never submitted my entry. Oh, look at you. I could have been a millionaire. I could have been, I could have had stock in crayons, which could, I would, I would have been set. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. Juke. Duke? Juke with a J. Uh, like music? <laughs> That's a jukebox. Um, This is when you like are maybe like, I don't know, in sports where you just like fake them out. We call those We say that's, yeah, it's like a juke here. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Like a duke Uh or a deck? Deck? (laughs) We're both slaying. Okay. Oh. I've, uh, so many, I don't know what to even choose. A dart. Well, I'm guessing it's not the thing that you throw at the the old dartboard. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's my guess. It's a cigarette. Really? Yeah. We call them huh. darts. Going out for a dart. Oh my gosh, really? Like you still <laughs> call them that? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Do people still smoke nowadays? Yeah, I think when people drink, they smoke. I think it's yeah. more common now when people drink. People vape a lot, which yeah, is interesting. But yeah, more yeah. vaping, Lots I think, vaping. than smoking. More vaping. Yeah. I wonder what they would call a vape then. Do they just call know. it a vape there? Maybe. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, do, yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, my last one, because seriously, I couldn't come up with very many. Donut holes. Those are like the small donuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what we call those? Timbits? Yeah. Timbits. Is that because of Tim Hortons? Yes. Okay. So Timbits if are it, the best. If they're, I have to admit, they are really good. Mm-hmm. If they're sold at another place, are they still called Timbits? Or the, are they any... just not sold anywhere else? Yeah, I don't know where else you would get them, to be honest. Okay. 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 So it's entirely a Tim Hortons thing. So funny, I, sour cream glazed is my favorite. And I go through the drive-thru and I'd be like, can I have two sour cream glazed Timbits? 
And they're like, oh, are they for your dogs? They're like, no, sir, they're for me. I don't want to hold, I don't want to hold donut. They're not for my dog. What kind of a a question is that? Are these for my dogs? A lot of people buy them for their dogs. Why? (laughs) I don't know. Because they're little. Oh, okay. I gotcha. All right. Well, I'm Um, not on my list and you have a whole paper left. (laughs) All right. How about Keener? Kleenex. No, Keener is like somebody who's like, like really smart or like to the point, like really like keen. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, a gong show. Like where they hit the gong? No. No. It's like, that's a mess. What a gong show. <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to start using that. Um, all right. A double-double. Um, double cheeseburger. Mm. Uh, double cream, double sugar. Oh, Lord like Tim Hortons, get a double-double. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, we figured out this one because I know that gravel. Like what you drive on? Oh, that's gravel. (laughs) (laughs) Gravel. Do you remember when you were here? Remember when you were here and you had like, um, what was it? The altitude? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I gave Mm -hmm. you the ginger gravel. The lozenges. You call it like a, I don't know what you call it. What do you guys call the gravel? Like like a nauseant. It's an anti-nauseant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Call, like anti-nausea. Yeah. What do you call it? Um, I don't know. Like a de- depramine or de- I can't think of a name. You called it something mm. different. And I was like, I don't know what that is. You're like, Dude, where can I get this? And I was like, I don't know. God, why didn't I put that on my list? God, there's so many <laughs> words I could have put on my list and I didn't. I really suck at this. I told you. Uh, how about an eavesdrop? Um... Like when you're like looking in somebody's windows, eavesdropping on them. <laughs> that's more than that's an eavesdrop. eavesdrop. That's like a, that's like a creepo. A peeper? Yeah, a peeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an eavesdrop is like um, something that drains your water from your roof. Oh, gutter. Yeah. Here, once again, should have gone with gutter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could be here all day, to be honest. Well... We clearly, don't need to. I, <laughs> clearly, I lost. Uh, you learned like what I loonies predicted. and toonies were. Loonies and toonies. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put those yeah. on the and list, I, but I knew. And I know what a toque is. Stocking cap. Yeah. Yep. Or just, just a hat. Some other ones that I found were um, champagne birthday. Mm, you call know. it your golden birthday. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you guys parkade? Mm, come again <laughs> yeah parkade's no. a parking garage oh i was gonna guess that but i was like no it's too literal yeah anyways we can uh i'll have to give you this list for someone else yeah then uh <laughs> next time i'm in canada i'm prepared well we can't let you go without doing rapid fire questions so let's right. uh get to it if you were a drink what would you be and why alcohol or otherwise so I have a really hard time with this one because it's mostly like what I want to drink um mm-hmm. so I asked Dan and he said uh, a Long Island iced tea and I said why and he said because you're all over the place <laughs> I was like I've never seen you drink a Long Island iced tea ever. no exactly I was because I was like oh I'd want to be a beer um mm-hmm. but I was like I can't the only like it's tasty it's refreshing but like I'm not tastier but like that's a weird so yeah, he said Long Island iced tea. I'm all over the place. He said 
but uh, you're a good mix and you're tasty to drink. <laughs> I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> So. Ding, ding. <laughs> That's the answer right there. So Long Island iced tea. Long Island. Okay. Name a celebrity you had a crush on when you were growing up. Oh, God. Um, so the first thing that comes to my mind is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Thank you. This is why we were separated at birth. <laughs> yes. Um, second would probably be Zach Hansen. Mm, I wasn't really into the Hansen guys too much. Oh, just Zach. He sang the song Lucy, and I just imagined he was singing Serena. <laughs> Serena. Uh, if you could teleport to anywhere in the world right now, where would it be besides Des Moines? Oh, damn it. I was going to say to be doing this podcast with you and Ruthie. Damn. <laughs> yes, in person. Yeah. You can say Des Moines. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Um, it's If I could teleport to anywhere right now. Honestly, it would probably be somewhere hot, like uh, Belize or like Costa Rica, somewhere like that. I'm not a fan of winter as a Canadian, which is weird, but. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The cold sucks big time. Yeah. 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 Uh, What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done besides coming to Des Moines? (laughs) (laughs) Um, In my first year, second year university, um, one night I was up till 3 a.m. and I was on Kijiji. Do you guys have Kijiji there? Mm-mm. Uh, it's kind of like Marketplace, but before Marketplace is a thing. It's just like online ads, things like that. There was an online ad for to go be a camp counselor in the States. And I applied at like 2 a.m. And I got accepted and I went there that summer and I didn't know a soul. And now I have some of wow. my lifelong best friends uh, from all over the world. I love that. What an adventure. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I did it for two summers. That's amazing. I tried to go to camp, but it was just, yeah, I just didn't make it. (laughs) We'll tell that story another time. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to write a book about your life, what would the title be? Oh, God. Besides Smarty. (laughs) Um, That's a really hard one. I'm trying to think. It has to be something to do with like adventure and dogs. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. She did that with her dogs. <laughs> I don't know. I am a fan of anything with dogs. So yeah. it's, I'll take it. What's the strangest thing you're afraid of? <laughs> um, animal wall mounts. Ew. I- <gasps> That's right. Cause we went to, we went to Shields when you were here. How did you not- you were like. You were like, I have panic attacks. Me. I know you really did. I thought you were kind of joking, and then you were like, "No, I'm really serious. I cannot go around that." My boyfriend, in when I was 20, he like hunted and stuff, and he, was, he took me to the store, but refrained to tell me that there were like dead animals. And we walked in, and I looked up, and they were hanging all on the like sides of the aisles. And I screamed, and I ran out the door. <laughs> I, mean, I just I don't get it and I just like my friend's dad has them in his house and now that I know they're there I'm okay uh-huh. but like I if I'm surprised by them like I I literally scream I I start hyperventilating I have a panic attack it's like a phobia yeah. or something oh man I forgot about that oh my gosh maybe that it's was strange. the place that we were looking for the toque for for you um yeah, maybe <laughs> French kit. French kiss or French fry? Always French kiss. I'm a big, I love, uh, 
I mean, I like French fries. Who doesn't? I love a good potato. I eat a lot of mm-hmm. potatoes in various forms, but I like a French kiss. Who doesn't love a good wow. French kiss? You know what? Uh, up to this point, the French fries are leading that tally. Oh. I will have you know. I don't get it. I don't I'd get rather, it. I'd rather make out with somebody than eat a French fry. I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, I named a podcast around it. so That's why we're soul sisters. That's right. What is the song that when it comes on, you immediately want to get up and dance, preferably on a table? So, you know me, I literally will dance to anything, like literally anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But any song from Save the Last Dance, that's probably one of my favorite movies. And when Mm. they're in the club in Save the Last Dance, like any, anytime those songs come on, I literally like one of them came on at the brewery the other day. And I was just like grooving and like, oh God, there's like, I'm serving people. I probably shouldn't be doing that here. <laughs> were they in the club or were they in duh club? Just semantics over here. Uh, they're in duh club. Duh club. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> describe your perfect meal from appetizer to dessert. So my boyfriend is a chef. So, so this is a hard one. Yeah, I pre-Dan, I was a probably just like pretty basic, like pre-Dan, it would be like nachos or like a spin dip, like a nice shareable appetizer. And then either like steak or a burger, like a nice, like sidebar. I was for everyone to know I was a vegetarian before I started dating Dan. Um, That went away pretty fast. Um, But now I'm back on the meat. Um, Back on the meat. Yeah, back on the meat. (laughs) um so (laughs) yeah like a burger um and then like honestly a decadent chocolate cake like a nice chocolate frosting um thick nice I love chocolate like a lot yeah yeah that sounds good right now um Mm -hmm. if you could do anything right in this moment that would make you feel free what would you do honestly I feel like I did it last week like we quit our job uh to move across the country so yeah Um, I think I feel pretty like it was, it was really difficult and we really had a challenge with doing it. Um, and like, you know, I, I, I feel guilty. I always hate letting people down. Um, but it was really freeing and, um, I'm just so excited for a new beginning and a new start. And again, moving to a place where I know no one and have, I've actually never traveled to this place. I've never even been there and we bought a house there. So they're spontaneous. Talk. <laughs> yes. Adventure. Spontaneous. Okay. And the last question that I will ask every person that comes on the show, what does French kissing life mean to you? Um, so to me, it's living life like there's no tomorrow and taking advantage of every opportunity when it presents itself to you and doing what you love and what makes you happy. <laughs> The title of this that I didn't tell you is doing what you oh. love. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> if that doesn't prove that we were separated at birth, I don't know what would. I mean, your mom calls me her daughter, so. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for coming on the pod and sharing your story And I love you more than anything. And I'm so happy that life brought us together. Me too. And thank you for having me. And I wanted to say how proud I am of you for doing this. Because since I met you, I 
know that this is something you've always wanted to do. And I'm really proud of you. And I'm really glad to be on here. And I hope this isn't the last time. You're coming back. All right. Clear your calendar. It's open always for you. So for today's kindness in action segment, I just want to take a second here to really define what I mean by following your heart and doing what you love. Because sometimes I think following your heart can have sort of a reckless connotation to it. And I don't think that that's the intention. So for me, I don't think that following your heart means that you make a rash decision in the absence of any kind of logical thought or rationale on whether it's even right for you. I think it means that you take both of them together and you try to tune into the deepest part of yourself and feel what is aligned. So you're not focusing on one part of yourself to the exclusion of others, but you're just being as aware as you can of the feeling you get when you weigh the different options. Because you might recall from my very first episode with Aaron Trelore. If you haven't listened yet, be sure to check when that one out. That when it comes to goals, usually we're after a feeling rather than the actual outcome. So if the thought of moving to a new city means you're in search of feeling the adventure rather than the actual process of changing your address. So the trick with decision-making is to not let the worries, doubts, fears, anxieties, etc., paralyze you from making a decision. It's to learn to have more confidence in what your body feels rather than what your mind says. And then to not be so afraid of making the wrong choice that you can't even discern what is the right choice. So today's tips are all about getting you into a place of being able to really hear the desires of your own heart and making a decision from that place versus being worried about what others might think about a choice you've made. So here are some actions you can take whether you have five minutes or 50. So if you have five minutes, um, read an article from Maria Shriver that gives you seven simple steps to connect with your heart center. And then if you have 50 minutes, um, I'm suggesting you watch a 10-minute YouTube video um, and then complete the exercise that Patrick A. Lynch talks about in his TEDx talk. As a reminder, all of these um, resources are listed in the show notes, as well as how you can connect with Serena. Um, that's it for this week. So just a feel good episode to girlfriends catching up and talking about their friendships and how it all came to be. So next week I will be back with, um, actually an episode about how to make friends as an adult and why some people struggle, um, with doing that. So thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the French Kissing Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're enjoying the show, shower us with a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss a future episode. And if you would be so kind and give the show a review, I'll sweeten the deal for you. Since you know I live for good conversation, I want to hear from you. Share your favorite takeaways, an aha moment you had, or a fun emoji that represents this week's show, along with your Instagram handle or email address, and you'll be entered to win this month's giveaway. The French Kissing Life movement is gaining momentum, and your ratings and reviews play a pivotal role in propelling the show to new heights. Until next week, mwah!